On the first Sunday of Advent, we lit the candle of hope, acknowledging the yearning that we have for our Savior to come. The second Sunday of Advent, we lit the candle of peace, reminding ourselves to lay our burdens down and to make room for the Christ child to come. The third Sunday of Advent, we lit the candle of joy, our excitement to see the world through new eyes. Last Sunday, we lit the candle of love, reminding us to let love be first and foremost in our lives, especially this time of year. Tonight, we light the candle of the Christ child. Christ to come, Christ here and now. Together we celebrate the hope, peace, joy, and love that is brought to each and every one of us tonight as a gift through the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 Well, now let's kick it off. Merry Christmas, people of God. Oh, it feels so good to say those words again. We are so very blessed that you are here to celebrate the birth of our Christ together. We are so blessed for those of you joining us online as well. If this is your first time with us, welcome. If it's not, welcome back as we celebrate tonight. Today has always been one of my favorite uh, days of the year. Not only because it's Christmas time, but also because, uh, well, we get to see all your beautiful faces again. So we are so truly blessed that you are all here. Hopefully on your way in, you received a candle and also a communion cup. If you didn't, please kind of wave your hands or raise your hands and make sure that we get one to you. For those of you joining us online, I invite you to uh, get some bread and some grape juice or wine ready, as well as uh, a candle if you'd like to participate in that part during Silent Night as well. With all that said... Let's get after it. I invite you to stand as you are able as we join our voices in our opening songs of praise.
Let us pray. O wondrous God of the stars, we come tonight with breathless wonder to see the babe who was and will forever change our lives. We hear the name's wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, and we are in awe. You have touched the earth this night with your unconditional love. Now may you touch our hearts and minds and our very souls. May we never tire of the story, and may we never take it for granted. In your holy and awesome name we pray, and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Question for you. What for you personally, what makes for an amazing Christmas day? What's the recipe for a great Christmas? You introverts are probably going to be annoyed with me, but uh, I'm going to invite you to turn to your neighbor right now, whether you came with them or maybe you didn't, and I want you to answer that question, what for you makes for a great Christmas? Go. All right, what are some thoughts? Family. Family makes for a great Christmas, of course. Family. What else? Food. <laughs> yeah, there's a Lutheran right there. All right, what else? What's it? Church? Amen. Good answer. Yes. This is a part of tradition sometimes. What else? Coffee. <laughs> Amen to coffee. Heat? Oh, I know. I was so heartbroken to hear that Danny and his family, their furnace died last night. So I've already got my space heater waiting for them on their way out today, but they're here not only to worship, but to warm up. Yes. <laughs> what else? Well, thank you. It took a child to answer that one. Presents, of course, right? That's a part of it all. Well, as I can't make all of those things happen for you to have your most amazing Christmas, I can give to you an amazing Christmas gift as I read to you about the very first Christmas from the book of Luke, the second chapter. And as I read this, I pray that you have the ears to hear this as if you're hearing it for the first time again, to let this story kind of come alive in your imagination. I invite you to follow along on the screen. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. 
In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with that angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all of these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, as I was once again reading and rereading this story, this Christmas story for us today, I couldn't help. I find, I've, I, as I was reading it, I lolled. I laughed out loud. Come on, all of you younger, you're right, lolled. Yes, I lolled, yes. I was reading the first Christmas story yesterday and the voice of, of that guy who says, let's get ready to rumble, right? Entered into my head for, I don't know why, but just for whatever reason. And I heard that first sentence through that voice. And it was like, in those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. And I know what you're thinking. Yes, I have gone crazy, right? I'm the nut. But it hit me how huge of a stage that Luke was setting here. He starts this amazing Christmas story that we have heard so many times that we kind of glance right over the details. But he sets it out with the biggest names. The emperor declaring that all the world should be registered. I mean, think of the power that this story starts with. The, the, the one man with the most power, the most important man on the planet at that time, making an order to the entire world as they knew it. That's where Luke starts. And from there, naming the governor of that time, maybe perhaps the biggest name in that area, Quirinius, ruler of all of Syria. Huge names filled with power and strength and prestige. Names to be in awe of. Names to fear. They order something, you do it or else. So everyone did it. This is where Luke intentionally starts this story. Only then to zoom in on something no emperor or governor would ever even have noticed. 
an unwed teenage mother, homeless for the time being, getting by in a, in a makeshift shelter of a barn, giving birth to her first child, attended only by her husband-to-be and a few shepherds. How absurd is that? Does that even hit us anymore as this story is being read to us? How can Luke imagine that this birth matters, let alone deserves to be placed on the world stage along with an imperial decree and the biggest, most powerful names at that time? Welcome to the reality of the Christmas story, where Luke highlights the irony, the the absurdity of the event that we celebrate this night, that God, creator, ruler, sustainer of the cosmos would not only notice the lowliest of the low, but also bring about the most amazing gift ever given to humanity through them. There was absolutely nothing powerful about Mary and Joseph. They have no influence, no money, pretty much nothing except whatever they were carrying on their backs. You can't get much lower. And then they had the angels share their story with with shepherds of all people. Shepherds! Probably the dirtiest and filthiest job you could ever have. No one in the history of humanity ever woke up thinking, you know what, when I grow up, I want to be a shepherd. (laughs) Nobody ever did that. And yet it was here, and to these, that God chose to bring the news of His Son being born into the world. His one and only Son. I mean, you'd think that if God was serious, He'd go right to the top. If He had that kind of an uh, an announcement to share, why wouldn't you go to the emperor? Why wouldn't you go to Quirinius? Make them know about it. There'd be a huge parade, right? No. That's just not how our God chooses to work. And this absolutely changes everything. How crazy is it that the immortal and all-powerful God chooses to work in and through the ordinary and every day, through dirty shepherds, through Mary, an unwed teenager about to give birth, through Joseph, a confused man who is now being called to raise a kid that wasn't going to be his. God calls on people that maybe aren't all that different from you and I. This is what is at the heart of the Christmas story for you today. That God, creator of the cosmos, would not only notice you, all of your ups and downs, your dreams and disappointments, your triumphs and your tragedies, but would also care enough to take them on for you, becoming one of us, so we can be with us. And this is why the Christmas story isn't just a story about some people that happened all those years ago. This story is about you and about me. Tonight isn't only about the birth of our God among us, but about the birth of a promise that God is all in with us. Let that sink in for a moment. And what that really means 
tonight we learn that God is love incarnate, love made flesh. And because of that love, there's promises that come with that, right? That God will never give up on you. That God will, will always go to every height and depth to be there for you. And because of that, you have worth. You have value. You have dignity. Just as much as any emperor would have. The story is a reminder that God loves you so much that he's given his son to prove that you mean that much to him. God came as one of us, entering into our flesh and bones to hallow us, to make us special, to set the example of how we are to treat one another as well. God loved us so much to become one of us so that he could also infect us to make us love and show us how to love each other. What a blessing. Amen? You may have come here tonight feeling completely blessed. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you are grateful for a good year or, or for good health or for the love of family and friends. And on this night, may you hear that God not only notices, but is also glad for your blessings and promises to use those blessings to bless others. And some of you may have come or might be watching online who have put that, that joyous face to hide the pain or the uncertainty or fear that you're feeling. And on this night, may you hear that God knows what you're going through. That your God stands with you and for you and will never let you go. And for the rest of us, probably most of us, who come holding both joy and sorrow, hope and fear in your hearts, God's promises are for you as well. That Jesus comes tonight. For you. Dear ones, we are all on this night, like the shepherds, to whom this good news was first given, met right smack in the middle of our lives. Right? We get this little respite, if you will, where most of us maybe don't have to go to work tomorrow, but then maybe on, you know, Monday or Tuesday, you're right back at it again. And yet, just like those shepherds, God comes to us right in the middle of it all. How amazing is that? To be honored by God's attention, to be greeted with amazing news. Only now, just like those shepherds, you are being called and sent to tell someone else. And so, dear ones, may you grab hold of that promise tonight that you are so loved. I can't think of a more amazing Christmas present to give for you tonight. Amidst... Whatever's going to happen, maybe you've got a family meal to come, maybe you've already got all that done. Maybe you've got presents to open, maybe you've already got all that done. Regardless, I can't give you more of a better start for an amazing Christmas than these words tonight. You are so loved. That means also those around you. Even those people that you don't get along with or you are extremely annoyed with or you just can't stand at all. Yeah, they're loved as well. 
And may you not only believe this, but may, may you dare to be like the shepherds. Do you catch how that story ends? I love that part of the story. They returned. So they, they came, they told Mary and Joseph what had been told them. They probably hang out and party for a while or celebrate whatever they were doing. And then they return glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard. That's on you now. That's the invitation for each and every one of us as we leave here today, regardless of if we are feeling joyous or not, we get to be like the shepherds. Praising God for the story that we hear yet again. And then you get to tell someone else. Because if there's one thing that I know we can all agree on is that this world needs a little more hope. This world needs a little bit more love, more peace, more joy. And again, those shepherds had to have been bouncing off the walls, shouting their praises. What an opportunity for you to do that as well. To share that hope and that love and that peace and the joy with others who desperately need to hear it today. Maybe who won't get to go to church to hear a message that Jesus was born for them as well. Tonight, a baby was born for you and for me. A birth that forever changed the world. A promise given that you and I are of great value and so deeply loved that our God has come himself to show us. And for that, can I get an amen? Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. I invite you to stand as you are able, however you're comfortable, if you like shaking hands or hugs or knucks or elbows, whatever, share the peace of the Lord with each other. At this time, I invite you to be seated. This time, I invite us to uh, pray together the prayer that our Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I invite you to take out your communion cups. If you're home, I invite you to take out your bread and your wine or grape juice. As we prepare to taste the gifts of love that we receive this Christmas Eve. And if you haven't used these before, if you actually press down on the tab, it kind of releases both of them. It makes it a little easier to open up just the top. I invite you to take the wafer or the bread out first. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat. This is my body and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. 
the body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you always in God's grace and all of God's people say, Amen. At this time, I invite you to take out your candles. Tonight, we once again are reminded how we receive our light and our life through the birth of our Je- of Jesus Christ. And so tonight, we share the light of Christ by first starting by receiving the light from Christ, from our Christ candle tonight. We're going to spread this light throughout this room, throughout this world. I invite you as you share the light of Christ with each other to tip the unlit candle so that wax doesn't drip everywhere. And for all the children that have uh, battery-operated lights, they can turn theirs on right now as well. As we receive this light together... Let us have our call and response that's found on the screen. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. God's light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will never overcome it.
receive this blessing. you to stand as you are able as we join our voices in a joyous song. don't take an offering during the service. We've got a couple of buckets on your way. 
out today, um, just know that everything that goes in those buckets goes to help and to uh, proclaim the message that we are meant to, to share. Uh, I can't tell you how many people we were able to help this week through gift cards, uh, uh, through paying bills, stuff like that. That's all because of your generosity. So thank you. With all that, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God. Merry Christmas. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let every spirit forgive. Let every heart prepare it. And let the nature sing. 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 Joy to the earth, the same. Love and love.